Welcome to Beauty and the Ghee, the BJJ podcast about jujitsu and life on and off the mat. I'm Jen Eads, a white belt full of curiosity and questions about all things jujitsu. And I'm AJ Klingerman, a Brazilian jujitsu purple belt, and I run the role model women's only grappling camp. So uh, these questions that we're going to play um, were recorded at the role model camp this past May, so May 2019. Um and so, yeah, we're going to break them up into maybe a couple questions a piece uh, per podcast and kind of give our input on them as well. And who are our guests? Our guests are, well, role model campers for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but the main two answering the questions are Emily Kwok and Rachel Casillas. All right, let's get started. Hi, I'm Andrea. Uh, my question is about being um, an elite athlete and being a mom as well, and also a professional, how do you how how do you find a good balance to do all of that and still be an elite athlete? So for me, there's a lot of scheduling involved, but I really enjoy jujitsu, so I make time for it, and it um, makes me a better person, and I'm a better mom because I do jujitsu, so it, I, it's a priority for me. Uh, so I put that in my schedule on the to-do list. Like it's literally on the to-do list. It's called train. Like it's one of the things, like I have to check it off every day. There's running, getting Gabby to school, getting Tristan to school, billing 10 hours because I'm an attorney, you know, whatever, and then train. Um, for me, it's just all about planning. You have to have a schedule. You have to be planned out. Um, I think jujitsu makes me a better lawyer and a better mother, so I make it a priority. That's just how it works for me. Um, everything that she said, I, um, so jujitsu is my part-time job. And I say that with, I'll say that like my school and seminars and all that business is my part-time job. Being an athlete is something else. Being a mom is something else. Being a professional in a different space is something else. Um, it's very stressful and it gets like crazy sometimes. And like Rachel said, having a schedule is, is prime. Um, what makes it worse is my husband is a firefighter who works 24 hour shifts, which means that every week his schedule is different. So if he has Monday and Friday off this week, the following week, he's off Tuesday and Saturday. So you can imagine when I start throwing babysitters into the mix, what a freaking headache that starts to become. So my scheduling has to be run like a finely oiled machine. Um, I oscillate between all of my roles. So sort of like this idea of stressing myself out in one way and recovering in another. So I work hard, but I party hard or I rest hard. And I don't, I try not to do everything all at once. So if I want to compete in a big tournament, which I started doing again last year and who knows how long that'll go on. But when I decided to compete in masters, training became a big priority in my life outside of work. Uh, my full-time professional career is very important to me and I love what I do. So I put all of my energy into that mostly. That's where most of my energy goes first because it pays the bills. Um, it supports my family. I also know where that career is going long-term. And as much as I love jujitsu, that career is going to put me on a path that will feed everything else. So I prioritize that. I can't escape being a mother. Unfortunately, I grew some ticks. They are leaching the lifeblood off of me for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They do. 
My husband calls me Snow White at the end of the night because I'll sit on the sofa and I have one smelly bulldog on one foot, another bulldog on the other foot. They're both snoring. I have my cat draped around my neck and I have two children glued on my hip. And if my husband tries to come near me, they, he gets lambasted. So uh, I can't escape being a mom. That's just something I have to cope with. <laughs> but I also try to make sure when I decide I'm gonna be mom, I'm not an athlete and I'm not a business person and I'm not a teacher, which means uh, multitasking is, I'm multitasking my life, but I'm not multitasking in the moment, if that makes sense. So if I'm painting with my kids, I'm painting with my kids. I'm not trying to do laundry and paint with my kids. Cause if I do that, I get frustrated with my children and it's not fair to them, right? Same thing if I'm teaching on the mats. If I'm teaching on the mats, don't come and talk to me about like merchandise or whatever it is. I really try to drive all my focus into one thing at a time. It's super important to do that. And uh, whenever I get totally overwhelmed, we have this Korean spa that's like 25 minutes from my house. And there's like five saunas and whirlpools and Korean ladies that scrub the crap out of you. I go there for three or four hours and I ask, I, I don't take anybody with me and I bring a book and I just keep it to myself. I shut my mouth, I read and I get a massage and I chill out. And so recuperation is super important. And I think you guys have heard me talk a lot about being selfish in a good way. I'm very selfish totally fine admitting that I'm very selfish and my husband can see when I need time away because I feel like I'm gonna die <laughs> and my nerves are on end and the children are driving me crazy he's like just go to the sauna and I'm like I will I'll take that so I don't um, and I was just talking to some ladies over here about saying no and introducing the theme of subtraction into your life I am very some people think I'm a bitch sometimes but I'm just very clear about what I will and won't do um, and I think when you're clear with people about what you will and won't do, it gives them uh, more structure to operate around you, which is good. I don't like being in vague situations where everybody's all over the place and things get confused, right? So the more clear I am about what I want and what I need, I, it's not my problem if you don't like it. <laughs> you shouldn't have asked me. <laughs> but I feel like if I can be responsible about telling you what my needs are, that allows you to define your own boundaries better and we can have a healthier relationship. So boundaries, no, subtraction, some things you just can't escape. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you guys. So first I would like to say, I'm really glad that Andrea added and a professional. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> because uh, I don't really have a lot of input for being a mom or an elite athlete, frankly. <laughs> I said at one point uh, on our trip to some business people that um, I didn't consider myself an athlete. And they were like, what? <laughs> no, not really. Um, but, you know, we are dog moms. Mm -hmm. Counts Truly. for something, I guess. Yes, I think so. <laughs> As Finn um, lays under the table while we're recording this. Exactly. See, we have to balance that. Exactly. <laughs> no, it, it is amazing to see them both as mothers and elite athletes and professionals. They're both professional women. Um, so they're definitely amazing role models uh, for anyone. Um, as far as like, you know, kind of how I relate to that, I currently run seven different businesses. And so you know, Rachel talked about planning things out, like knowing, you know, what exactly what's on the schedule, what's on the to-do list and rolling is on her to-do list. So I'm very obsessed with my calendar. Like 
everything has to have its time and I have to allow for transition time as well. You know, it's very hard to go straight from working to jumping right on the mat and vice versa. Like if I go from like training, I'm not able to expect myself to like walk right off the mat and start making phone calls or, you know, do some writing or something like that. I've got to kind of have some transition time in there as well to get my mind in the right spot. Yeah. I felt that today after we recorded a podcast episode right after class Mm -hmm. and I felt totally off my podcast game. Yeah. (laughs) We were recording that because I'm like, oh, I need to like shift gears. And it was it was a bit of a struggle. Not that you'll ever hear that after the episode is edited. Exactly. (laughs) Good editing helps a lot. (laughs) Um, One of the things I really took away from that that Emily said was that she will multi- she multitasks her life, but does not multitask in the moment. And I think that's really important because I find myself doing that. Even if I'm just sitting on the couch watching Netflix, I still have my phone in my hand sometimes. And I need to just put it down and be 100% present. Yeah. And more than, I mean, you know, like I, I get the idea of that, but like, I even think more like at a restaurant, like when you're with your spouse or with a friend or whatever, like trying to stay present in that moment, because sometimes it's tough. You you get a text or something in the middle of someone talking and you still pick up your phone just out of habit. You heard it right. go off. You want to see what happened. But at least, you know, allowing that conversation to finish and then picking up your phone and hold on. Let me check my phone real fast or whatever. Um, but that's a You know, those are good points, like not multitasking you know, in the moment, but actually sticking to one thing. It's good. Yeah, it's a struggle. I also (laughs) really appreciated um, Emily saying, just be clear with people about what your expectations are and what you will and won't do, because then nobody has to guess. And I feel like it makes life so much easier for you, but it also really sets those boundaries and expectations for that other person. So like you're kind of setting them up to be successful in in whatever that interaction is that you are having together. Right. I think that helps with relationships in general. Like if you know, you know what each other's boundaries are and it's something I struggle with sometimes uh, setting good boundaries, but Mm -hmm. uh, it's very important. Yeah. So I think we got some really good takeaways. Absolutely. Question. Yeah. All right. What's next? Hey, Jen and AJ, this friend, Jen, (laughs) (laughs) MVP, Jen, with two ends on Instagram. My question is, when I'm training, all I want to do is train all the time, multiple hours every single day. I run my own business, and then sometimes I'm like, I don't want to work on my business. Even though I love my business, I'd rather go train. And then I, you need to add in strength, con- strength and conditioning, flexibility, mobility. And so what I'm finding is I'm spending a lot of time training and maybe not as much time on just my overall athletic foundation of being a healthy human being. So how do you balance how much you should be doing strength training and flexibility and mobility? And how important is that when you're doing jujitsu all the time? I'd like to add and recovery. And recovery. Yes. That's a huge one. Yeah. Thanks, AJ. My answer is not probably going to be the most popular one. (laughs) Um, I definitely think you need to figure out what's right for your body. Um, For me, in my jujitsu, what makes me better at jujitsu is doing more jujitsu. I don't do strength and conditioning. I've added more um, stretching. I don't want to say yoga, stretching, um, as I've gotten older, so that I make that a priority. But I think it's such an individualized answer that um, 
you need, again, like Emily said, you need to define what your boundaries are and define what your priorities for yourself. If you feel like you need strength and conditioning to get better at jujitsu, then that's fine. I get better at jujitsu by doing jujitsu. That's me. Like my jujitsu has gotten better because I've done more technique or I've rolled more, um, which in turn has made me in better shape. But a lot of people like adding strength and conditioning or they think they need it and that's fine. But for me, I prioritize. And since I only have a limited amount of time to do anything, if I have an hour to work out or train, I'm always going to pick training, doing jiu-jitsu. That's me personally. That doesn't work for everybody. Some people need strength and conditioning or they need a specific recovery time or they need um, to add running or whatever in it. Um, but for me, I know what my priorities are. And for me, if I have an hour of free time, it's more than likely I'm either going to run to get away from my children. <laughs> um, no, for real though, like I don't take headphones or cell phone or I don't take anything. I want silence while I'm running or I'm going to do jujitsu. Um, so if you have plenty of time and you can do all those, it's great, but I don't think everybody can do all of them. I think at some point you have to decide this is most important to me. My job pays the bills. I like jujitsu. And if I want to add strength and conditioning, that fine, but I don't think you can add strength and conditioning, mobility, um, running, you know, all of the things in there all of the time. I just, I don't think it's possible. You'll, you will overwhelm yourself and become stressed and start being short with everybody, including your children if you have kids. So for me, my bare necessities are my job, my kids, my husband, he makes that well known, <laughs> and jujitsu. If I can run, great. I don't, I don't do anything else personally, but that's my personal preference. You have to look at yourself and make that decision, I think. I can't tell you, you should do this many squats or do this kind of CrossFit or do that because every person's different. But I think you have to self-assess about your priorities for it and what your goal is in jiu-jitsu. If, jiu if your goal is jiu-jitsu is to lose weight, then, or if your goal in jiu-jitsu is to be faster or stronger, then yes, strength and conditioning. If it's to win a world championship, then you gotta get in it. Like everything else has gotta go. Like everything's in it three times a day, strength and conditioning, running, recovery, all of that. But if your goal is just to get better at jujitsu, I just do jujitsu to get better at jujitsu. I agree with her points. Um, Marcelo, when I used to train uh, full-time over there, used to get upset with me when I would skip out two afternoons. I, I did jujitsu two times a day like he does and everybody else does, but two afternoons a week, I would go uptown to a gym and I'd do a strength conditioning workout and he'd say what she said, Emily, if you want to get better at jujitsu, you got to do more jujitsu. And I was like, Marcelo, you're really strong. And <laughs> if you grab me, I can't get your grips off. <laughs> so the reality is, who are you training or fighting against? And what kind of pushback do you need to be able to give? And most of my training partners have been men. And if a 175 pound male grabs my gi really hard, do I have enough to get their grip off? People will say that I'm very strong for a woman. But I mean, I'm not fighting women most of the time. In and so I, when I go into a competition, I also mentally like to know I did more than you. Like that's a way to raise your confidence level so you don't get nervous is when you show up, you go, I train more than you. I, I did, I have more strength than you. I have better mental capacity than you. If you go in knowing that you did all of those things, it makes the fighting part really easy. But jujitsu is not a seasonal sport they did this dumb thing where they just run tournaments year round because somebody wants to make a lot of money. So unlike some other sports where I think you have, you know, 
whatever, like wrestling's during the fall and softball's during the springtime. Jiu-jitsu's year round. So that means that athletes, if they don't plan their, their calendars well, don't really have time off. And so after I did masters, I trained really hard for that. I did, I had a personal trainer. I did strength and conditioning two times a week. I have an osteopath that I see for two hours a week. Um, and I need these things because I believe it doesn't matter when you start jujitsu, but from the day you start, you have like a 10 year expiry limit before your body says, and like you can go, go, go. You can take injuries. You can train every day. You can have a Mack truck slam into your body and you're like, yeah, this is awesome. And then 10 years later, you wake up one day and you're just like, oh my God, I feel awful. And so um, if I could do an hour of stretching or mobility or yoga for every hour I train jujitsu, in my mind, that would be ideal. The, real, the realistic you know, part of that is I probably get to yoga class once a week and I'm also the on the back that can't do anything, you know? <laughs> a lot of you guys probably saw me this weekend like doing these weird stretches because I'm like, my posture sucks, you know? Um, so there's a lot of chronic injuries and problems that will occur if you senselessly abuse your body over and over and over again. You guys are also training in a very different time in jujitsu. When I started training, I had no choice but to train with big dudes all the time. So for me to put myself in the path of a 225 pound man who just wanted to play what I call beached whale jujitsu, they just like <laughs> stomach on your body and they just hang out there. You guys don't have to take that abuse in the sense that you probably have some smaller people to work with or maybe one other female. So it's a little bit better, a little bit, but I was talking to some ladies outside with the food truck um, about, about eating food and if I have, if I eat really healthy or if I have vices and I'm just like, everything in moderation. And it's the same thing with the jujitsu, right? So if I'm training really hard for something, I train really hard for it. And then once I'm done, I scrape the palate clean and I'm like, okay, what needs fixing? And so after masters last year, 10 days before I fought, I had everything in my left ankle torn on both sides because I was dumb and I tried wrestling with a 19 year old kid and he popped my ankle. I had an osteopath set it and I taped the crap out of it and I fought on the ankle because I was like, there's no way I trained this hard to drop out now. So I went and I still won, but I was injured. So I then tore my right MCL in the fight because it was compensating for my weird injury, which you guys might not think about, but when you have, when you constantly, like, Miss Rachel over here with her weird elbow, she'll fight, but she's probably compensating in some way. So you have to understand what you're doing to yourself. And then after masters, I was like, well, can't do anything now. So three months of healing my injury led to uh, scraping the palate clean. And now I work with a personal trainer two times a week who started me on a program where I was doing dumb things like just jumping up and down on my foot and closing my eyes and balancing. But these like little pro proprioceptive drills and like motion control, these are all things that my body, I needed to recalibrate because my body was so whacked out from doing jujitsu. So now I'm in a training plan to build muscle and get a bit stronger and more stable so that I can go back and compete in masters in better shape. So the, the long answer I'm giving you is everything in moderation. And, the, and for me, I have to take care of my injuries because if I don't, uh, I will be miserable. And it, it gets to the point where I don't even want to train. So how many years have you trained, Rachel? 
12, 13. 13 years. So, so she's, she's three she's, years over her expiry limits. <laughs> okay. She's been a black belt almost as long as I, I've been training. So let's just, right, yeah. So that's pretty, when you know, right? When you finally get to sit beside your idols. Exciting. Um, yeah, I've experienced now what you're talking about. I really, the last two or three years, it's really been like, mm, that hurts. So um, I broke my pelvic bone. I was in the Marine Corps really bad. So doing jujitsu has a lot of pressure on my back and I just fought through it for like 10 years. And I'm like, we should address that. So yeah. that's self-care is definitely coming into it, but I just think it's individualized for what you can do. Even, even Marcelo started doing different exercises now because he has now some chronic issues. So just saying, everybody take care of yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's really important that they addressed that issue of self-care, which is one of the reasons why we do self-care Sunday and send that out every Sunday <laughs> in the podcast, because just hearing Jen ask that question, well, I need to do this and this and this, and like, there's all these things. And sometimes we just kind of forget to sit back and, and take care of ourselves. So hopefully it helps us prevent those injuries that we are then going to have to heal from. Right. One of my favorite answers that Rachel gave me years ago, and she touches on it in this, is if you want to get better at jujitsu, do more jujitsu. <laughs> um, and I definitely found myself like if I'm working through injuries or whatever, that I am, I kind of drop everything else, right? I stop really trying to strength train or whatever, uh, just in that thought process of if I'm going to be using my body, I want to be using it for my thing. I want to use yeah. it more for jujitsu. And that's not saying that, you know, strengthening things wouldn't help. You know, obviously it does. Um, I think whether you lift or not can be your own choice, but the flexibility is a must. Mm -hmm. um, jujitsu is combat yoga. <laughs> So you're you're being forced into um, some positions and stuff. And if you're not stretching, you're definitely more prone for injury. Uh, so I think whether or not you lift is one thing, but you should be stretching before and after class every time. You're just warming things up mm -hmm. so that you're not being injured. My my the main thing, the main reason that, you know, I have a back injury is because my hamstrings were too tight. So my hamstrings were too tight, even though I thought I was stretching some, I wasn't doing the right stretches and then, you know, injures my knee and it injures, you know, like it all kind of happens. And, you know, the compensating, right. Emily talks about that too, yeah. right? You have one injury and so you're kind of compensating for it and you end up hurting something else. So make sure that you are taking time to heal. This is the pot calling the kettle black. Uh, <laughs> I always say, I, I used to always say my biggest regret in jujitsu was not competing more as a white belt. Um, I think it's important to compete early on. There's no pressure or anything. Um, I only did, I think, three competitions my entire white belt career. But now my biggest regret is not taking care of my body when I got injured because it doesn't make it better. Right. So, um, I'm still learning that lesson on a daily basis, but they talk a lot about that, you know, like you have to take some time to recalibrate. I also liked what they said about knowing your priorities, because it's not something initially when I started that I thought, what are my jujitsu priorities? Right. But it's something that as I've gotten more into it, I know, like I think we touched on earlier that I'm not an elite athlete. <laughs> I never consider myself to be one. Uh, 
But that's okay. Like right. just knowing that, knowing that I have no aspirations to reach that level, because for me to do that, everything else would have to go down the priority list. Right. And there are, I love jujitsu, but there are other things that just take that higher priority. And knowing that I think also helps me work through some of the frustrations mm-hmm. <laughs> that I have. Like I'm committed to three times a week and that's, that's where I'm prioritizing my jujitsu in right. my life. And yeah, if I did five or six times, I'd probably be better and and getting better faster. But like, this is where I am and I am just choosing to be okay with that. Well, I'm choosing to be better with that. Yes. And I mean, it doesn't matter which your priority is. If you want to be a world champion and you want to put everything you have into jujitsu, that's great. Yeah. If you want to, you know, just come in and kind of learn new things and get better and, you know, just do it for the joy. That's fine too. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter what it is. It the just is your journey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I loved in training today um, when she was choking you and you're like, why did I miss you again? <laughs> right. Yeah. Kimberly. Was <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Kimberly. <laughs> That's awesome. But it's true. I did because I think too, that you you kind of get used to training with certain people and you know that those people are going to push you. Yes. And it's always good. So it's sad when they aren't there. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And then the other thing that I picked up from that was just everything in moderation. And I feel like that kind of goes for life on the mat and off the mat. So I think this is a really great time to transition into our on and off the mat tips for this episode. So off the mat, I think um, having a planner and scheduling in things so that you can prioritize so that you do know when you're going to get your training in, if you're doing strength and conditioning, if you're doing um, stretching, all of that, just planning that out and what your goals are each day, whether that is, you know, you're trying to hit the thousand rep club or the 150 roll club or whatever that is, uh, scheduling that out and kind of being obsessed with that calendar will be the off the mat tip. On the mat, I'm going to make it a priority to actually write down what my goals are for each class that I go to. So in addition to, you know, whatever we're working on in class, just showing up with some other things that I know that I want to try to drill and work on as we are rolling at the end of class. Good, good. I think these questions went great together because it is all about balance, balance on and off the mat. I think that, you know, I I just think they they kind of meshed well together. I think so too. I'm so glad that we recorded these questions at Role Model and that now even the people that weren't there still get the wisdom of Emily and Rachel. Rachel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So mark your calendars. Because next year's role model camp is scheduled for May 1st through the 3rd. So I had, I've had a couple of people recently that was like, I wanted to come to your camp so bad, but I just didn't know about it in time. Mark your calendars now, I'm giving you advance notice, May 1st through the 3rd, 2020. Put those in those new planners you're getting. That's right. I'm a crazy person. I buy a new pa- planner in like September and I like fill it out for the whole next year before October even happens. Yeah, I'm a crazy person. It's fine. It's totally good. (laughs) All good. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend, and connect with us on Instagram at Brassy Broad Jen and AJ Klingerman. 
And with the podcast, you'll find us on Instagram at Beauty and the Gee Podcast. Thanks for listening, and we will see you on the mat. You've been so good, but you got to get down. Get down, Finn. I know. I'm rewarding your behavior with all the love. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just love to pet you. She's, she's a good distraction.